0: This has been quite the climate action week. Climate Action Tracker released a report called the State of Climate Action 2022. The World Resources Institute released another report called the State of NDCs, so the climate plans that are filed by governments around the world. The United Nations Environment Programme, UNEP, released a third report called the Emissions Gap Report. The International Energy Agency released its 2022 World Energy Outlook. The Lancet released its countdown on health and climate change called Health at the Mercy of Fossil Fuels and I'm not finished yet. The International Institute for Sustainable Development released its own report called Navigating the Energy Transition, Mapping the Road to 1.5 Degrees. The United Nations released another report called the Synthesis Report 2022. And finally, the World Meteorological Organization, Released its Greenhouse Gas Bulletin 2022. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight reports, all released more or less this week, ahead of the climate talks that are taking place in Sharm el Sheikh in Egypt soon, also known as COP27. But guess what? I don't want to talk about any of these reports. A lot of smart people spent an enormous amount of time writing them, and sadly, most of them are hardly going to be read, and the probability that they're going to be acted upon is even lower. But I'll distill these reports for you very briefly. They all carry a central message. You can... Forget about keeping warming to 1.5 degrees over pre industrial times. There's a 90% probability, probably, of warming exceeding 2 degrees over pre industrial times. And there is a 10% or higher probability of warming exceeding 4 degrees over pre industrial times. And 4 degrees is completely not the world as we have. Ever known it in any shape or form. And the takeaway from these reports is that every single road to 1.5 degrees of warming means absolutely no new oil and gas of any form. However, you and I know that oil and gas projects are being launched constantly in Norway, in the Middle East, in the US, in China, in Europe, and elsewhere. Every one of these dollars is slowing down the acceleration of renewables and the fight against deforestation. And so we must draw the inescapable conclusion. We're heading possibly straight to three degrees warming or maybe more, and we need to prepare far better. In other words, we need to prepare far better for a climate breakdown. And in that context, Increased climate activism is imperative, and every effort should be made to accelerate renewables deployment and the fight against deforestation. So, with all this in mind, and as a background canvas, today I'd like to talk about sustainable aviation fuels. I know it's a somewhat esoteric topic, but I hope you'll hear me out because it's important and it makes me really angry. It's a good story and it goes something like this. We need to move all our industries and sectors to becoming fueled by clean energy and that includes air travel. Air travel contributes about 2.5% of global emissions, but demand for air travel is rising quickly and so are emissions from air travel. And then the story continues. We're then told that the aviation industry is committed to combating climate change and has undertaken to reduce aviation carbon emissions by 50% in 2050. Now, how are they going to do that? According to them, they're definitely not going to do that via a reduction in the number of flights or by pricing their pollution or through electrification. No, instead, they're going to do that via the mysteriously named sustainable aviation fuels, which is a product that the industry presents as the most practical immediate step towards a sustainable outlook. And of course, they're going to use carbon offsets as well. Now, for those of you who are occasional listeners to this podcast, you will know what I think of the airline industry using Carbon offsets for anything at all. And simply put, it's a fraud. Now, what about these sustainable aviation fuels? That kind of sounds more promising, doesn't it? I'm afraid it's also a fraud. And as I will describe, they are, in addition, pretty much mythical. And to understand that, all you need to do is look at their history. In February 2008, 14 years ago, the very first commercial aircraft, a Virgin Atlantic B747, was powered by a blend of conventional jet fuel and sustainable aviation fuel. That's 14 years ago. Now, flash forward to today, and in all that time, the airline industry has managed to use just 0.1% of sustainable aviation fuels in terms of the total fuels that it consumes globally. So in 14 years, we went from 0 to 0.1%. And then if you give them the benefit of the doubt, and you look at how much they've ordered of this stuff all the way to 2030, which, by the way, we probably can't supply to them for reasons that I'll explain, you'll find that they ordered about a billion gallons by 2030 of sustainable aviation fuels, knowing that they use 100 billion gallons a year of fuel. So, that splendid effort by the airline industry, as you can see, doesn't even get it to 1% sustainable aviation fuels. And worse, these things they give airlines and aircraft manufacturers and, of course, oil and gas companies public relations cover to continue to do incredibly little to tackle their emissions and pollution. Welcome to episode 66 of the angry clean energy guy with me, Asad Ruzuk. I am so happy you're here. And remember, I have a new book just out. It's called Saving the Planet Without the Bullshit, published by Atlantic Books, and it's available wherever you buy your books. I'd encourage you to read it, to review it, and to let me know what you think. Thank you. Let's start with some background about the airline industry. So for years, aviation has claimed that the sector is responsible for only 2% of man-made carbon emissions. And they cite that number consistently to effectively explain why they're doing so little. Right, 2%, yeah, we can ignore 2%. All is fine. In reality, their CO2 emissions alone are actually significantly higher at 2.9% when you take into account the production and distribution of the jet fuel. Then, when you add non-CO2 climate impacts, so the other gases, their contribution reaches 6%. And that is immense. Because remember, that's caused by a very small portion of people who actually fly. I think something like 80% of the global population have never actually taken a plane. And this 2% excuse is one key reason why a recent report found that airlines and aviation bodies have met only one just the one, of 50 climate targets in 20 years. So in other words, they missed 49 of their own climate targets in the past 20 years. 49 out of 50. And what's this sustainable aviation fuel stuff anyway? It's basically liquid hydrocarbon fuel that can be used with existing aircraft, and that's the key right? They don't have to do anything with the aircraft. And it can be used in combination with jet fuel. And at the moment, the guidelines are that you can use up to 50% of your fuel for a particular flight from sustainable aviation fuels, with the rest being good old jet fuel. Now, to make this sustainable aviation fuel, you've got to burn stuff. You have to use either biofuels, which is a fuel you produce from biomass sources, or something called synthetic e-fuels, which you produce using electricity. Biofuels means using agricultural crops or industrial, agricultural, municipal, or household waste. Take, for example, used cooking oil or corn husks. Or food waste. So that's biofuels. And then e fuels are produced using electricity. That sounds good, doesn't it? E fuels. You use renewable energy to produce it, and then you can decarbonize flights. But of course, you won't be surprised to hear that there are no aircraft powered by e fuels. And there is probably going to be very, very, very few for another couple of decades. Why? Because producing these e-fuels is an extreme waste of energy. And on top, it moves renewables away from other sectors that need to decarbonize. And that will stay the case until we have an overabundance of renewable energy, which is not something I expect before 2035 onwards. And of course, because this industry is starting from scratch, it still needs to complete its own process development and then set up a whole new global sector. Not going to happen anytime soon. So sustainable aviation fuels are made either with biofuels or e-fuels, and then you can use them blended with jet fuel without changing anything in your engine. Now, of course, even if you use them, the plane is still burning fuel, right? So they emit carbon, whether it's sustainable aviation fuels or jet fuel. And so this thing, sustainable aviation fuels, doesn't actually reduce the greenhouse gas or the carbon emissions from airplanes' use. All it does is it reduces the life cycle Emissions of the flight. And so you're talking about improving what we have from a carbon efficiency perspective, anywhere from 20 to 80%, depending on who you believe. And that's over the lifetime of the fuel. Now, who are the players in that sustainable aviation fuel business? You will not be shocked. And I'll cite just a few. One is Shell Aviation, so that's Shell, the oil and gas company, which keeps announcing plans for a greater application of sustainable aviation fuels and keeps promising that scalable supply is just around the corner. Another one is Shell, and they love announcements like confirming the supply of sustainable aviation fuels to Lufthansa at San Francisco Airport Airport a deal that involves up to 1 million gallons of the stuff to be used by Lufthansa and Swiss International Airlines on three routes. That kind of sounds like progress, doesn't it? Except 1 million gallons is just as good as doing nothing at all. As you heard before, airlines used 100 billion gallons of the stuff per year. Other players? BP, of course, is in on it, teaming up with Neste and others to pretend to deliver sustainable aviation fuels to airlines. There's another one called Virant, which is allegedly developing low carbon fuels. And you won't be surprised to hear that it's a wholly owned subsidiary of Marathon Petroleum Corporation, another proud Big Oil member. And Total, the French oil company, is, of course, in there as well, partnering, from what I can see, with a Japanese oil company, just so that we don't miss any oil company at all, to produce an incredibly tiny amount of the stuff. So the players fueling, so to speak, the sustainable aviation fuels business are none other than those that want to sell more jet fuels To the very same airlines. And what about the aircraft manufacturers? Well, they are enthusiastic supporters of sustainable aviation fuels. Of course, they are. They think this is the only way for them to reduce carbon emissions now from their aircraft. And they're clamoring for a massive increase in the scale of manufacturing the sustainable fuels. Because of course, as you might have guessed, there's almost none of it around, which is why I referred to it earlier as mythical. The airlines, the aircraft manufacturers, the oil companies, they are all just selling a fantasy. And why do I say that? I say that because of course the industry cannot meet its goals. And it knows that. Study after study after study says that sustainable aviation fuel production will never meet aviation needs, irrespective almost of how much money you throw at it. And why is that? It's because creating enough of the stuff to replace jet fuel by 2050 would call on us to convert all of the world's grasslands that's the entire world to biofuel crops now that's clearly impossible not going to happen so why are we talking about this stuff now thankfully regulators have started calling out the greenwashing as an example A couple of months ago, Austria's advertising standards body ruled that Austrian airlines was greenwashing because it was promoting carbon neutral trips fueled using sustainable fuels. And in the case of Austrian airlines, they actually claimed that it was using 100% sustainable aviation fuels, 100%, even though we know that international regulations limit the blending of sustainable fuels, to 50%. And most airlines, of course, use sub-0.1% proportions. Now, Austrian Airlines, because they're creative, was arguing that its offer actually allows its customers to contribute money to Austrian Airlines' investment in scaling The entire sustainable aviation fuels sector. And that's why they can claim that they're using 100% sustainable aviation fuels for the flights. That didn't work. And so they had to take down those advertisements. KLM also had to take down a similar advertising campaign because it was pretending that it was the first airline to fly biofuel on a daily basis. Now, these complaints against airlines are going to probably increase in frequency because the airlines keep trying it on. And they're putting some money behind it as well. So major airlines like JetBlue or Delta have actually invested millions into developing these fuels from things like, used cooking oil, and food waste. And governments are rushing to subsidize them as well. So, for example, the recent Inflation Reduction Act in the United States had tax credits for manufacturing sustainable aviation fuels. So, good money going after bad money for no impact at all. And to add one final detail, sustainable fuels are currently twice more expensive as jet fuel. Now, don't get me wrong. Air travel is a great industry. Why? Because flying has many benefits. It supports trade, research, economic growth, medical aid. It connects remote and urban areas and what have you. So, this is not about air travel. This is about the fact that the industry needs to transition to zero emissions in a credible way, which also has to be just. So we're not going to just price much of the world's population out of flying, for example. We have to find a better balance. And The problem with sustainable aviation fuels is not that it's not enough to get the industry to net zero. The problem is that it is diverting dollars to completely the wrong place and not allowing these dollars to go to what actually needs to be done. And that's greenwashing at its best because it's pretending that sustainable aviation fuels will save us And that all we lack is the will and the investment dollar. But as you've heard, sustainable aviation fuels have the potential to make minor, tiny reductions in aviation life cycle emissions, while air travel is then allowed to grow, therefore nullifying whatever benefit it's provided. It's literally being used to justify. Continuing to grow air travel rapidly while drowning out any criticism that this is just increasing the industry's emission. But that's exactly what it's doing. It's actually increasing the industry's emission on a net basis, not decreasing them. Thank you for listening to me this far. So to close, the real issue is not flying. It's instead the fact that governments subsidize the pollution from flying, including now sustainable aviation fuels, which are a tool to justify faster growth of flying. It's a scandal that jet fuel, for example, has been exempted from taxation for decades. So, the problem is that governments subsidize the pollution from flying, then airline regulators ignore that pollution, and together they basically hold back the electrification of air transport, which is the future. So, with or without sustainable aviation fuels, because they don't change anything, airlines are allowed to use the skies as a public sewer at zero cost. And flying short-haul, for example, because we have electric aircraft solutions for short-haul flights, would have been 100% electric by now, globally, if those delaying tactics have not been allowed to continue. And frankly, the global picture is not encouraging for that industry at all. In 1997, the United Nations gave responsibility for international aviation to something called the International Civil Aviation Organization. And decades later, what did the International Civil Aviation Organization do exactly in terms of fighting back against climate change? The answer is they did less than nothing. They actually managed to increase their sector's emissions while hiding half of these emissions. And now they're trying to confuse us with these sustainable aviation fuels, which are clearly a fraud. We lost 40 years of potential innovation in flight technology, in battery research, in hydrogen innovation, because of all these obfuscations. And we're only now getting a move on. Just this year, finally, somewhat unshackled from all that propaganda, as net zero commitments started to accelerate around the world, A hundred different electric plane projects were under development. So a hundred different electric plane projects are under development as we speak. Even Airbus is making more of an effort releasing details of hybrid hydrogen electric aircraft that it said it could fly by 2035. And orders for electric aircraft have started to trickle in because DHL and UPS, for example, the parcel delivery companies, both announced that they're buying electric cargo planes for their package delivery businesses. So the transition can be done. However, we have to call out bullshit when we see it, and sustainable aviation fuels is just that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode 66 of the Angry Clean Energy Guy with me, Asad Rizouk. And have a great couple of weeks.